creativity comes when you're you're not sensing as many things that's the idea of like sensory deprivation devices and dreaming like your creativity peaks when you're not doing something interesting or when you're not even like consuming anything like a podcast or a movie or a book your creativity peaks when you're just still and not doing anything you're doing a repetitive tech so you don't you shouldn't have to force yourself to be creative I mean, you shouldn't feel like you have to. If you're not, that's fine. You will be, like, when you're dreaming, of course. That's a very creative process for your mind. Like, maybe even try writing down your dreams. That would be a good way to, like, think about your creativity or observe your creativity. Hey guys, on today's episode of Playground, I have with me a very special guest. I have with me Kavya Kati, who is 13 years old and who is my cousin. Kavya, how are you? Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. What you been up to during quarantine and during in the pandemic? Not much, really. Just kind of, I'm practicing my instruments and reading mostly. Also going outside, biking and such. What instruments do you practice? My violin and my French horn and mellow. Where, where did you grow up and like what, what do you call home for you? What's home for you? Home is the house that I have lived in for almost all of my life. Mm-hmm. Where is that house located? Like what city are you in? <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. Uh, the suburbs of Chicago. Do you think you're in your childhood right now or do you think like your, your childhood is like long passed by? I'm pretty sure that, like, technically I'm in adolescence, according mm-hmm. to, like, the self-discovery phase of life. So, but I would still consider it my childhood, because I feel like when lots of adults, they're like, oh, yeah, my childhood, my teens. I agree with you, because when I ask most of my guests, like, what they were curious about or whatever, like, any questions from their childhood, they usually go back, I'm, I'm assuming you're in middle school, correct? Yes. So they usually go back to their middle school years or elementary school years. So the question I want to ask you is like, what what are you naturally curious about like right now or like in the past couple of years? What what have you been naturally curious about? What I've been naturally curious about is mainly seeing what would happen if I did something. Kind of a spur of the moment curiosity, I guess. Could you tell me like a couple of stories of like what would happen if you did something? Like... One time before, a while ago, I attempted to burn a blade of grass to see what would happen. And what did you find out? Um, it really doesn't. Just kind of shrivels up. And read, okay, so I also want to ask, what books do you read? And like, what, like, you're a very very curious child from what I know of you. So like, what books do you read? How do you like foster this curiosity? I haven't been able to get to the school library and stuff, so I haven't really been reading anything new recently. But I typically like um, fiction books, usually something with some sort of adventure. I really like stories that have like a whole world of like different rules and stuff, like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson, or like The Faraway Tree is another one, where it has its whole world, its whole set of rules, and new things 
And so what grade are you in actually? And like, yeah, what grade are you in in middle school? I'm in seventh grade. Seventh grade. What's your favorite subject right now? I would say that my favorite subject is art because it's mainly just like free, like do what you want with the materials. And like sometimes you get assignments to do stuff. It's mainly just like, and there's lots of things you can do. My art teacher has like hammers and saws and things. So that's mainly why I like it. Okay, I have a question for you. How do you feel when you're able to do whatever you want with that with that like creative freedom, like in art class or like when you're like burning a blade of grass? Like, how do you feel? Like, what goes in your mind? Like, how, how, can can you talk me through your thought process? Like, does that make sense? Yes. So now that I know what like how to do a lot of things safely mm-hmm. I typically try to do that to the best of my abilities as a 13 year old mm-hmm. and so and when I like do certain things like mix things together or drop something to see I don't know how much air resistance it would have compared to another thing I guess like mainly just observation and amusement I guess why amusement like what what is it what is so amusing about these things because it's interesting like oh so that's what happens cool that kind of feeling i want to so i've been doing a lot of interviews like this and i want to say that this childlike curiosity that you have right now many adults or like many individuals in college or like people my age they tend to lose it and they tend to lose thinking like this because they have so many other stuff going on. So you as a 13 year old who's like immersed in this creative creative curiosity right now, do you have any advice for like adults or college students who seem to have lost that childlike curiosity? What would you say to, what would you suggest them to do to bring back that curiosity? Well, I know that like study breaks and stuff are really important. And like when you're working and like take breaks and stuff. But I think that you could always like try and do something to stimulate your creativity or your just like do something that you find interesting even if you think it's childish I guess like if you're working at home or something and then instead of like at lunch or at break time or whatever you could just play with Legos I guess because I think that as you get older you'll be able to do more stuff because you have more knowledge that is true. But then yeah. the downside to that is that you have less time because you have so much time dedicated to other stuff that you lose that free time. Well, I think a lot of that is just time management too, <laughs> which I'm not necessarily good at because, I mean, I don't need to be good at it yet since I don't have that many things to do. But as an adult, like you have to put times aside for some things anyways, like you have to put time aside to eat and sleep. So let's try and add on to those times maybe, like cook something really nice or fancy and like do that continuously until you get it right. Cause that's like a fun way to do something and learn things. What do you want to do when you grow up? Like what do you think your ideal like this is this is thinking very into the future, but what do you think is the ideal job, ideal profession for you? I don't have any sort of ideal profession. I, As a seventh grader, I don't have any sort of plan or anything. I just know that whatever I do, 
I want to be good enough at it to make a decent living in a living where I can not only support myself, but also like make time and have enough money to do hobbies. Could you, okay, I want to talk back to what you said about what would happen if I did something like you just had this natural curiosity to do things, to see what would happen and to understand that process. Because I see this, this is, this is from my observation and you could disagree with me or agree with me here, but the way you described how you, the thought process of how you do things and like with the bird, with the, like with the grass, burning the grass is a perfect example. Like, you know, the grass has water. So like how much, I would take it to evaporate the water. That is, for me at least, how I think, how I see scientists think. Now scientists like learn more about the world around us and how scientists use science to figure out more new stuff and find new, more new discoveries like that. But how you think as a, as a, as a child, like what, like, like for me, at your age, I don't, even knew, I, don't, I don't even know I knew that grass had water in it. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's because I only learned that, I don't know when I learned that really. I don't even remember when I learned that, but that was, so going to like, going back with that, do you see any connections with like your science classes or like with your seventh grade science classes or sixth grade science classes, how, how they talk about the world and how they view the world, like the scientific method and any, like any, any connection of that with your inner child and like doing stuff for curiosity? In science, they, well, they give us experience experiments and they give us notions to prove or disprove and test and a lot of the time in science especially last year in sixth grade it was like oh well maybe it's like this and a lot of our the class disagreed on some stuff too but there really isn't because we don't have many resources to test out like all of the theories that we may have about a certain subject that we're doing Anyways, but we do go outside sometimes, look at leaves, look at plants during our plant unit. And there were a lot of questions that people had, like that kids had. And our science teacher was like, okay. What advice would you give right now to future Kavya if you think that she, if future Kavya is too focused on like on the bills or like mortgage or like adult stuff? And, is, and has lost her childlike curiosity, what advice would you give her in the future? I would assume that that Kavya would know more than I do. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess if they were too focused on, I know what too focused would be like, but if they were too focused on like taxes and mortgages and housing and stuff, then I would probably tell them to just have a designated like break time where you could just do whatever you want and then not worry about anything. And then after that's done, then you could do all the stuff that you need to do. Next question is looking more in your curiosity with, with like music and like your other passions. What passion projects are you doing right now? Or like what, like what projects are you doing, creative projects, if you're doing any? Um, I wouldn't say that I'm doing any creative projects. Um, I'm trying to learn a solo, like a DCI solo on my mellophone. And like, and that's not too creative, I guess. But I'm also planning on 
like this summer I'm I'm planning on learning how to like tailor stuff because that's like a necessary life skill generally. Also, it seems like fun to make your own clothes and stuff. So what what are you doing for fun? Is another way to put it. I don't have any sort of project because since I don't have school and it's just the beginning of summer, it's kind of just like, oh yeah, do whatever, just whatever you feel like at the moment. And my family would be okay with me doing. Well, have you, well, can you give me like a couple of examples of that? Just doing whatever? Oh, um, I usually, if I feel like going outside and maybe like, you know, getting some fresh air, then I'll ride my bike and go out and maybe go to a bakery or something. And I'll, and then if I feel like, I don't know, just reading, then I'll just do that. I don't have any sort of plan, really. And I know I need to, like, clean a certain space, but since that's not that big of a deal, I just have a certain time designated to doing important stuff, and then all the rest of the time I could just do whatever I want, or whatever I feel like in the moment. I love that, and I miss that. I wish I had that, too. And I would have, <laughs> you have a designated important time, I'll have a designated free time for me to do fun stuff. Well, you have more important things to do and more necessary things to do. Yes, I agree. What do you say is your favorite book or movie right now and why? I would say my favorite book is The False Prince, just because it's a really good book and has a really good, like, I don't want to give it away though. But The False Prince is a really good book and I just really like it. I don't really have a favorite movie. Um, hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I have a favorite movie or I usually transition between favorite books or movie depending on the day or depending on what I read last. Mm-hmm. So. What would, what, what's your favorite like, favorite like genre of like movies or books? Like I know you mentioned fiction, adventures, like action adventure, like things that tell a good story. Yeah, a good narrative is definitely very interesting. As far as movies go, I think anything that sort of piques my interest or it has like a nice storyline, a nice um, storyline that isn't too predictable, but still is like somewhat predictable, is always like fun to watch. And my favorite genre is definitely fantasy and adventure. If you could live in any fantasy world, which fantasy world would you be, would you want to live in? Of the ones you know, like the ones you've seen in movies or like written books. The Faraway Tree Stories, because since it's written through small children, nothing bad ever happens or nothing like tragically bad ever happens. Like the worst thing that happens is this like comet comedically bad at hearing like deaf saucepan man guy mishears something and then his nose accidentally grows really long and then they just fix that too immediately so then if i lived in that then i would have no trouble what troubles you right now what troubles do you have right now the troubles i have right now are hmm, i'm not sure during school i was very stressed because i'm not very 
good at time management yet. <laughs> so I like how you said yet. But problems have not come along quite yet. Yes, I mean, I'm sure they will some point in those. Yeah. Mm. What are you curious about right now? Like that you want to know the answer to like very recently, like in the past week or like the past month, like asking why, 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 why is this right now? Yeah. Um, how nail polish works. Okay. Because like, it's an interesting thing. It smells really bad. It smells like alcohol. So I'm it guessing really it has bad. a certain amount of alcohol in it that helps it dry. Mm -hmm. Why is it so like, glossy is there like what would they put in a liquid to make it both glossy as a liquid but also dry glossy how did this how did, how did this question come about like did you see nail polish like did your sister or like your mom had nail polish like where did this come from my sister painted her nails recently and i've tried doing it before like once i've tried painting my nails up because like I've used nail polish for other things many times before, and after attempting to paint my nail once, I've come to the realization that nail polish is best for things, best for things other than painting your nails with. So, yeah. But recently, I've started playing around with it more because just like my sister painted her nails, so I thought, hey, why don't I try seeing what that stuff does more. I want to dive into this more deeply, uh, kind of into your thinking here, because I am I am very curious, and I want to know how this. How, I want to know how you view how this works. So, how does how does your creative thinking? Can you, if you can, can you put into words how does your creative thinking process work when you like like when you see nail polish and like what's the first thing you think about? Like why is it so glossy? Or what? Why, why, why would people put this on? Why does it smell so bad? Like, how do how do these do these questions have any order to them, or do they just come to you randomly? And then, like, how do you like how do you like go about finding the answers to them? Like, how do you like how does it all work in your mind? If I see something and I think, oh, maybe I could do something with it that will entertain me, then that will like pique some curiosity, especially because the more you do something, or the more you attempt to like play about something or experiment about something the more questions you have naturally it's just like just things that happen like if i'm biking and i see a like a dandelion or something i mean i know how dandelions work now but like when i was a kid i didn't so just looking at things and thinking oh how does that work what would happen if i did something to mimic that. I that's how biomimicry works actually. Well, it's just like looking at something and thinking about things that might relate to it, just kind of as a natural train of thought kind of thing. Like, oh, I see a thing that is about as tall as my sister. I shall think of my sister. And because I think of my sister, I shall think of uh something like i don't know a certain pattern that i've seen her wear and i seen that pattern on like this piece of cloth that i saw someone wear once and it was like oh what's that piece of cloth made out of and where does that pattern come from where does that pattern originate just like a natural 
train of thought stuff. I don't know how to explain it really. Um, that was that was perfect because that is also how I think. Or like how I for me I think I I miss thinking like that and like having the freedom to like bike because I usually bike I bike I started biking now and like think oh where does that come from where does this come from for me I don't know what is in my thoughts I don't know what is like occupying that headspace but I stopped thinking like how you just think and for me I had to actively tell myself I'm gonna think creatively I'm gonna try to just like let things go and just like just look at something and let the thoughts go and see where it takes me and I I think that I've lost some of what you have right now because whenever when I when I had to think creatively for like when I'm writing a story or like when I'm doing like an a play or something and we're like when I'm creating something my thinking process is I do exactly what do you think I list different things and I find connections how one thing leads to another thing how that leads to another thing how that leads to another thing how that leads to another thing and then if and then I take a step back and then on my piece of paper I look at how all these things connect and try to see what I'm trying to see but for me I've learned that that's something that that used to come naturally to me but it's not natural anymore it's becoming like I'm something I'm losing is something I need to develop more as a skill now so how do you this you you do not need I don't know if you could even answer this question but like because but how do you like it's so natural to you right so if for some reason you start to lose it how do you think you could bring it back well it's not always natural like sometimes my mind is just completely blank and I'm like, oh, why am I not thinking? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, sometimes that happens. I feel like that happens to everyone. Sometimes people think a lot more or have a lot more on their mind. I feel like when you're stressed or when you have a lot of things to think about, then it's harder to think about things that aren't necessary or are just amusing or observations that you make. Because the whole idea, creativity comes when you're you're not sensing as many things that's the idea of like sensory deprivation devices and dreaming like your creativity peaks when you're not doing something interesting or when you're not even like consuming anything like a podcast or a movie or a book when your creativity peaks when you're just still and not doing anything you're doing a repetitive tech so you don't, you shouldn't have to force yourself to be creative. I mean, you shouldn't feel like you have to. If you're not, that's fine. You will be, like, when you're dreaming, of course. That's a very creative process for your mind. Like, maybe even try writing down your dreams. That would be a good way to, like, think about your creativity or observe your creativity. So... Yeah, creativity comes whenever it feels like it. There's no time that it should or no time that it shouldn't or no time that you know it will or won't. So I, I, agree I agree 100% with you. There's this thing called like a flow state where like everything just seems to come naturally to you and it just it feels like, like five hours come could go by like in five minutes because you're having so much fun like you're like in your groove like you'll be like 
you like in tune with everything everything's in tune what makes you happy just in general or like specifically what makes you happy well i'm not sure well like normal things that make everyone happy really <laughs> like talking to people that's normal like that's a human thing being social we are social beings i guess uh-huh. or whatever so like talking to people is definitely a happy part or sharing thoughts is pretty interesting because it's hard to think about something a lot and not share it because once you share something it can help you think of something more especially if another person like comments on something that you've been thinking about like conversations naturally make anyone well not anyone I don't know. I guess that's an extrovert thing, maybe. But just interaction with other people makes me happy. Human interaction. Yeah. Also, just moving around, or if I'm tired. Yeah, moving around definitely makes me happy because then if I'm not feeling happy, that's not really something that I would focus on if I'm moving around. I'll focus on the task that I'm doing and have to do and should be doing, which I think a lot of people don't get creative because they're not feeling really good. So they immediately turn to um, like some, like a TV show or a book or something to feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's good. But sometimes I think it would be good to, sorry, good to just sit there and think about why you feel that way and how you feel that way. And sometimes I just think about the neurons in my brain and how they're doing confusing things. Mm -hmm. That's always interesting and that makes me happy or amused. That's why I'm studying neuroscience, exactly. That's why I'm studying this because I'm amused and I'm curious about what happens in the brain. So yeah, the next question actually goes off right off that really like what in this world that humans don't know about piques your curiosity the most it could be like space it could be like the brain like through the nuance because we don't know how it exactly works like something that even humanity hasn't found the answer to that you're curious about Uh, i'm not sure i think behavioral studies are very interesting to me Mm -hmm. too because that's like behavioral economics and stuff i think it's called and how because lots of companies and stuff use information on people and how like yeah and what like teens like because i know a lot of people market figures market teen boys as being the ideal mate for a teen girl and that is how they are marketed so that they're marketed to like act like that act in a specific way and that's pretty interesting because that's like the people around me too Mm -hmm. usually and that's why they're interested in the stuff they are interested and why i'm interested in the things i'm interested in and people don't really know much about that like studies about that are only starting to happen and why like religion is the way it is theology because a lot of religion changes, right? A lot of sets of rules 
were very good at that time. I feel like religion that was made was very useful at the time it was made, and then it just naturally changed over time because people change and people do things, but some things are consistent because history repeats. So, you know, behavior of people is interesting and other animals too, like what they do, how we interact with other animals and how other animals interact with them. Because the whole dog cat thing is like, why are all most dogs? I don't know. It's interesting because we do know a lot of the answers to those behavioral questions, but that's a thing that we will continue to search and study and we're always changed. So we will never know the answer to everything. Because if, say, people really like buying vegan stuff now, because it's trendy, like mm -hmm. gluten free and everything, what if in 50 years, red meat becomes like taboo, completely taboo, and no one eats it? Then, like, they will continue to do new studies and stuff, and we'll never truly know anything <laughs> about human behavior. So, I, I, okay, I want to say I was like, you, so I'm still, I'm, I'm a June rising senior at Emory University. I'm, I'm studying neuroscience. And the reason I'm studying neuroscience is because I was very curious about animal behavior and human behavior. And what you touched upon, we study in our classes right now, but the answer is still very like unknown. It's still very hazy to know like exactly why humans act the way they do or like why animals act the way they do. So my question to you here is if you could be like any animal, in the world or like any animal in the world which animal would you want to like be like look to the eyes or like be in of be like what animal would you like to be to look to understand their behavior and understand why they choose how why that behavior has evolved over the years or like anything like that like have you ever looked like have you ever looked at an animal like like why is that animal doing that like why is why is the dog like doing this and like have you ever thought like hey what if if i were a dog like, have you put yourself into an animal's shoes and understand it from their perspective before? I think that that would be almost impossible, impossible to actually understand because it's a completely different thinking process from animal to animal. Because, like, brains and neurons and stuff is how everyone thinks and learns things. And since that's so different from animal to animal, then the way that they think can possibly be similar. So even if I were to be an animal for a bit and then back to human just for the observation, I do not think that I would be able to actually understand what that animal was thinking. You hit on a concept. I forgot the name of it. I think it's like anthropomorphism or something like that. Well, we are biased of being human already. So even though if you like, for like before if we put ourselves in the minds of an octopus we are thinking of being an octopus in the minds of a human we're not actually thinking of being an octopus in the mind of an octopus so like having eight legs we will never know that feeling and even if you could imagine it we're, we're still biased because we're still thinking of it as a human having eight limbs or something like that so we're you, incapable of it yeah, we are incapable of it so i <laughs> That I'm surprised. I'm happy that you you are cognizant of that idea and still 
and still very curious about human behavior and everything. Uh, we are on reaching the end of the podcast and I have one last question for you, Kavya. What is one thing that you wish what is yeah what is one thing that you wish is constant throughout your life that you that like starting that you have right now that you want to have and like for the rest of your life and like what what is it and how do you think like that will develop that will evolve in the future as you grow up and become older and have new experiences like what is what is one thing that you want to keep a hold of um i definitely want like my family to be constant Because I know that when I grow up, I'll probably have a bunch of, like, nieces and nephews of my cousins, like you, having kids, kids and stuff. And that's pretty interesting, because those are people that I know will be constant, just because they're family, and, like, we always have gatherings and stuff. And that's always interesting, because that's something that I, like, can depend on to happen from as long ago as I can remember. And that's the only thing that I don't think would ever really change. That's, that, that is true and that is a great answer. And I agree with you, like, we have these family gatherings at least once a year and then those things will always stay constant and we always have these gatherings regardless of what hap- what's happening. Well. Thank you for our listeners for listening on this conversation. I hope you found it interesting and, and insightful listening to a 13-year-old talk about the same questions I ask college students and professors. And I hope this conversation was meaningful to you. If you enjoyed this episode and enjoy other episodes as well, please follow us on Spotify and you could rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time.